Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, where two seemingly meaningless individuals talk about very meaningful things. I'm Chris. With me, as always, is... Leslie and... Peter. Peter. Peter is the best of babies right now. (laughs) We all know that best of babies... The sick baby. Yes. But not the throw up it's sick the baby. best kind of sickness. The clingy sickness. I get a little too excited when the kids get a fever. Because. Yeah. It's kind of like, who are those people? What's it called that where you make your baby sick? Do uh, people do in, that? Yeah. What's it? What? I think so. Oh, great. I hope I don't have a weird thing. You might. You might. <laughs> no, it's like, I'm just really good at taking care of sick people. I think it's Munchausen by proxy. For real? Munchausen by proxy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a thing. Yeah, anyway. I knew I knew there was a word where I was sitting here going... What? Is it German? Uh, I, I'm sure. I don't know what Munchausen means. And then by proxy uh-huh. by someone else. I don't know what Munchausen is. I'll look it is. up and see if it... Applies. Anyway, it's where like a someone who's a caregiver makes someone else sick, keeps them sick in order what? to stay a caregiver. Oh my word, like that's creepy. It was in the movie, uh, uh, not Seven, but uh, the Ooh. the I see dead people movie. Oh, what the um, what is the name of that movie? M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, Shyamalama Ding Dong. Yeah, with Bruce Willis. <laughs> yes. So I remember Munchausen yeah. by proxy, but not the and name. I remember the name of the director, yeah. obviously. What was the name of that movie? It was the worst movie. I just have the movies. The I have the name Seven in my head, and it and wasn't that's Seven. also the worst movie. Don't yeah, watch any was, of these yeah, movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's going to hit you like midway through mm-hmm. this recording. Yeah, no, I'm just like, it, it's just a good skill I have these days to hold babies who are sick. And to give them what they need. And, and they are so... You are very skilled. Give them at, a cold washcloth. You're very, when someone needs to stay in bed, you're the nurse <laughs> for them. Not... 100%. Don't like, don't like the vomit. Don't yeah, like that kind yeah. of sickness. I, just, I can handle that type of sickness. I like a classic fever. <laughs> give me one of the classics. You know, like a good fever. And like a little bit of... Um, maybe a healthy rash. What's it called when you're really tired? Sixth sense. <laughs> is the movie yes not what it's called in when a really minute tired. we'll think of the word for when you're really tired uh, what word when you're really tired i'm really mean, tired what do you mean by a word for when you're really tired when you're sick and you have lethargic yeah mm-hmm. so i like a good classic fever and lethargy mm. you know that's an old school classic <laughs> right there a little fever a little Lethargy. Yeah, mm. you know, like in the old sitcoms where they would just like stay in bed. The and old read. sitcoms, <laughs> just where they'd make fun of people. No, they read comic books and play with their little army men. Mm-hmm. I lo- I love all that. So I do try to replicate that when our kids are sick. I'm always inspired by. I don't know where how many sitcoms I saw this in, like the old, you know, like Leave It to Beaver and Dennis yeah. the Menace. I feel like I saw it several times where a kid was homesick mm-hmm. and they were in bed reading comic books. Yeah. So or in Ferris Bueller Day, Day Ferris Bueller's Day Off, just running around Chicago. I've never seen. I that. think it was Chicago. Wasn't that where it was? I've never seen that movie. Mm. People have said I need to watch it, but 
Yeah, we pull out when our bigger kids get sick. We pull out the record player and watch Andy Griffith. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but Peter has just basically sat on me for two days. Yeah, and I'm fine with it. And he's chill. He's not whiny. Mm -hmm. He's just I don't, and not even I don't feel good. Yeah, just just here. Let's just hang. Yeah. Yeah, and I do feel like though his face. Is heavier than normal. You said that. You said he can't support his jowls. Yeah, it's like he's. And I was dripping. like, what does it? He's drooping his <laughs> cheeks his... and his neck. And what was it? Like... Is he got Bell's palsy? It's like I just can't hold. Oh, this. right now he's just rubbing his head. I can't hold oh. it up. <laughs> He'll just fall over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now he's got my toes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started for today. Sorry, we took such a long break. Oh man, we've we've had so much stuff going on. We. Yeah. I want to say literally haven't had a night off, but I'm not sure it's literal, but it's pretty it's close. It's pretty literal. It's pretty, pretty literal. Like, we don't, I mean, we don't watch TV. What's the yeah, we don't do anything. We no. just go to bed. We read our Bibles and pray together, and that takes four or five hours, <laughs> right, and then we're right. in bed. Um, no, so let's get to our dedications. What do you want to, what do you want to dedicate Me? to today? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to dedicate this episode to the homemade croissant. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. I made croissants last week mm-hmm. for the first time. And it, it was not just my first croissant. It was my first laminated dough. Yeah, straight up lamination. Straight up lamination. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. It was like this giant... It was fun to watch because it was like being in one of those cooking shows. Yeah. Like she had to chill the butter. <laughs> yes. And then she was make, you doing to, the... You did the book fold. First you have to Didn't measure. you do the book fold? Is you, that what that was? Yeah. You yeah. have to pound the butter into a measured square. Like you have to... I had a tape measure measuring a square mm-hmm. of butter. And then, yeah. Did you have a tape measure or a ruler? Whatever. It had little lines on okay, it. Okay, I see. But, Never yeah. mind. Yeah. I had... Oh, actually, I used both. The next day, mm-hmm. I used your your big. I couldn't find my little petite tape measure. Mm-hmm. I had to use your big construction one. It was not <laughs> great for kitchen work. That'd be funny. But yeah, um, it was really fun, and it actually made me a little weepy. Making the croissant made you weepy when we ate the croissants. Yeah. Like sad that they were going away. No, like happy. Brian, I don't know. It's just something magical about making things. Mm. And I think it's probably spiritual. Yeah. You know? God made us to make things. God made us makers. Little mini, little mini creators. Yeah. and Not creator ex nihilos, but little creator ex yeah, from one of those. I think women for a long time got into this mindset of trying to make things easier. So, like, there's great... There's a great... There's greatness in being able to go to the store and buy a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. But you can take it so far that you have no idea where, mm-hmm. what the process is for bread. Mm-hmm. And you you dial it in. Like, you could go your whole life just dialing in food. Yeah. Without ever... Like, phoning in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought you meant, like, really getting it dialed in. No. You know, which means getting really good at no. it. I was like, yeah. And then you're like... Dialing in food, and I was like, phoning it in. And there you go. I was like, I feel like Which that's is the opposite. Like of literally phoning it in. You're like, yeah. a lot of people are calling and ordering their food, yeah. and the almost like like that to be to progress more is to to have less tasks to do in the mm. kitchen. But really, like, there's a great there's great meaning to 
actually using your hands and your mind mm-hmm. uh, to make something for your family. And it's just more, it's meaningful. And you don't really realize that until you do it. And you're like, oh my goodness, I think I've stumbled onto something mm-hmm. quite important here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was just something about watching Jack, who's what, three? Mm-hmm. Just He just like rolls out of bed and comes into the kitchen and there's a homemade chocolate croissant. Mm-hmm. And he ate it like it was normal. Is that what that was? Is that a croissant? I always thought croissants had to be moon-shaped. Well, those were... The chocolate, a filled croissant is more like a... Like a... Like a... Pan au lait? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just rolled up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, But yeah, then the other croissants, I, I halved it. Mm-hmm. So I made half chocolate. Okay. And then I did the roll for the others that we okay. had. And the others we had later that night... Um, my mom, she got teary-eyed, and that is an accomplishment. Cause Why'd she get teary-eyed? Mama don't cry. Same reason. It was just like, it was so good. That's like, funny. Both of us realized we'd never had a, a truly homemade croissant, uh-huh. especially like straight from the oven. Uh-huh. And you just don't realize like how how much better it is than mm-hmm. than what we've bought at the store our whole life. So anyway... That was a huge, memorable experience. I hope it's one that becomes like commonplace, like mm-hmm. that I that I don't have to really think as hard because it did take a lot of thought. I was I read recipes for like hours preparing, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. Mm. Oh, but I would encourage you know it doesn't have to be a croissant, but go make something. Difficult. Yeah. Make something you've never made before. My well, croissant would be so. They're so soft and good. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I'm not a huge bread friend. Yeah. Bread fan. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I told our son that I want him to learn how to make bread because. Which we, one? We have four of Gideon, those. our mm-hmm. oldest. Because um, I don't know the men on the Great British Baking Show. They're, they do really. They got the bread. Oh like, man. <laughs> I still remember that dude's lion. The lion, bread. right? It was wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's pun, more like pun. They're more like um, what's the word about lugubrious? <laughs> no, it's almost like watching, like my brother Matt, who's an engineer. Mm. If he ever got into bread making, it would be a different, like more of a technical feel to yes. the making of the bread. Yeah, yeah, and it comes out perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So huh. anyway, that's Good mine. Job, well, mine is going to be kind of a little bit of an opposite of making bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm dedicating this to uh, working at the ab- abortion mill. Mm. Um, we've been really, you know... You, you, What's an abortion mill? A, a, a women's health center where they do abortions. Mm-hmm. So we call those abortion mills mm-hmm. and call them abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we call them mills because that's they're normally running women. They'll say women's health clinic or whatever, but those are really doctors' offices and right. pregnancy centers and whatnot. These places are really just trying to get you in yes. to get you through yes. an abortion, so they can get someone else in, and they're going mm-hmm. through. It's like a mill. It's very, right. it's very, and I don't think people realize. And that's what I'm. That's why I want to dedicate this to to ministering at an abortion clinic. Um, we've been fighting for, you know, abolishing abortion, mentioned that on here, but it's only recently that I've been active at, uh, 
the abortion clinic. We've got two in Tulsa now. Um, mm. Only one, though, that does surgical abortions, and that's the one that we go to uh, where you can have women, I think, I can't remember, I think 20-something weeks at this facility. Uh, and, you know, we'd gone there and, and done a worship service outside and uh, found out that there were days that they just didn't have enough people coming and mm-hmm. filling days, so there'd mm-hmm. be days where there was no one out there pleading mm-hmm. for these for these babies. So these babies would be brought, there'd be no one there to say, please don't go in, or mm-hmm. let us talk to you, or whatever. And uh, so there was a, a, a plea, really, from one of the other pastors, one of my friends, like, hey, let's, let's try and figure out a way to get some church here every day of the week. It's interesting. It's funny. This is, in in my mind, the the and I think in a lot of Christians' minds, the greatest sin that our nation commits. Mm-hmm. But yet, a ministry that most churches have zero part in. Yeah. Like they, and I think they just don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get the Baptist Messenger to do a, an article on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even Baptist papers, they don't know how to address it. It's it's become almost it's almost taboo mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I don't, I think, and again, I think that's just because we've bought into the narrative that they're not really people. Because if right. there was a place that was killing right. two-year-olds, I feel like church people would be there other yeah. than just voting. Like, yeah. I feel like we would be there. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. so we, we, so I didn't know what it was going to be like. I kind of had this picture, you know, all this, there's really a false narrative about mm-hmm. what takes place at this. You know, it's like just a bunch of people yelling murderer, you know, at these women as they're trying to run in, and that's not what takes place at all um these women uh, in many cases have been lied to uh about what their baby is or isn't mm-hmm. they've been told this is the only option for them they've been told they can't be mothers they're not they don't have enough money they're not smart enough and they're not told that right no one tells them you don't have enough money but they imply mm-hmm. that this baby's going to really you know, right. you're going <clears> to <throat> babies are going to really cost you and you won't you won't have enough and this can ruin your future or you know, you're not ready to be a mother. Mm-hmm. It's really like, no, you're a mother. The you question are. is, are you going to be a mother of a dead baby? Right. Uh, or are you going to be, you know, but you're a mother right now. You mm-hmm. that, that baby's there. So we go and, and the, <clears throat> the first thing we do is we try to stop people before they ever get there. So we try to offer, there's free ultrasounds and stuff like that, like right next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we try to get women who are going in uh, really before they ever get in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um Hey, we just want to know, is there anything, can we pray for you? Can we just hear about the situation? Why are you, you know, coming down the street? Because the abortion mill is really kind of off by itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we can get to them away from the parking lot, once they, we have a better success, and I'll tell you why in a second, but, you know, they'll roll down their windows and, and we'll, you know, uh, hear what's going on. Sometimes they don't want to talk at all. Sometimes they don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we we <clears throat> show them, hey, come get the old shunt over here. Get ev- any any women's health service you need. This clinic right here will do it. Mm-hmm. And they don't kill babies. Right. All right? Like this place over here, they, they kill. You're going to be in there while babies, other babies are being killed. They're going to be giving mothers pills to kill their babies. There's going to be mothers in there maybe having, you know, their, their babies you know, killed surgically, like that's going to be happening. So just choose a different spot. Uh, and, uh, but, but once they get, once they get to the parking lot, mm-hmm. it's like sin city in there. Cause yeah. they have what we call death scorts. They're escorts, but we call them death scorts. Mm-hmm. Um, volunteers who volunteer to be as loud and vulgar. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people are just straight up vulgar. Mm-hmm. Like they will. And they just stand outside. They stand outside the clinic and when someone pulls up, 
they try to, you know, put up a rainbow umbrella. It's very, it's all again rainbowy. It's all, it's all that culture. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's anyway. Mm. And so uh, they'll try and get where they can't hear us. They'll they'll make fun of us to the people in the car and laugh. They'll rip literature. Like if we give them a booklet, they'll pull it out of their hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. to try and get them to come in and and we're just trying to plead with them mm-hmm. like you know please don't do this like, mm-hmm. consider all your options uh the 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 guilt it's going to bring you the shame it's going to bring you it's going to ruin your life it's going to it's going to kill the baby mm-hmm. like the baby is going to die mm-hmm. like let's realize that that's the main thing and that baby does not want to die uh and so just trying to uh, to really if there's anybody there who's in need Try and convince them that we will help them. Mm-hmm. Try and make that clear. We do want to help. Mm-hmm. These people just want your money. We actually want to help you. Mm-hmm. And if there's, and, but there, so there's some women in that situation uh, who've been told even things like, no, you have to go get an abortion in order to save your life. And we're like, that's not true. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to kill the baby to save your life. And, and we can talk to you about that. We can, you mm-hmm. know, I don't, some doctor lied to you. And we want to we want to tell you there are other options and go through those with you and pay for the services you know if 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 need be which normally is not is not needed, um, uh, and then there's some women who are just there to have their third fourth fifth mm-hmm. abortion and they'll tell you they'll tell you all about how many abortions they've had, mm-hmm. uh, and for those women we just want to we want to convict them of the guilt they need to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of that they know what they're doing. And uh, so we go there, we do that. And then in the meantime, we just, there are people sitting in the cars. So we share the gospel. Once the women get out, the, the men or the, a lot of times statistically, and we've seen narratively, it's the mothers of the girls that are mm, bringing them, really? which is interesting. So uh, <clears throat> it's normally either boyfriends or mothers of girls. It's very rarely the dads. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while the women are inside, we're just, mm. we're encouraging the men. One, you have a cell phone, text her, tell her you don't, you don't think she should do this. You know, you know, she needs your help. And, uh, and then just preaching the gospel to them. Like mm-hmm. she's going to come out whether she's killed this baby or not. Like there's hope in Jesus Christ. And, and even, uh, there's a reversal pill. Yep. Yep. Right. Abortionpillreversal.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could could that re- has, a chance, what has a chance. Has a chance. It's basically what the pill does. So they do two things in this clinic. One is they'll either the surgical abortions, where they'll either go in and just vacuum the baby out with a really high suction vacuum that starts ripping the baby out of the womb and just and and sucks however much of it through the the funnel as it can. Mm. Uh, and then if the baby's bigger, they'll go in and they'll cut the baby up so that it can fit into the vacuum. Um, so they do that. Uh, they also, uh, do a pill mm-hmm. where you take a pill and it basically starves the baby to death. Uh, and then they give you more pills, which cause contractions at home. Not, not there. They give you, so they give you one pill that's going to kill it. And then a bunch of pills that are going to cause your body to basically go into forced labor flush and out. flush it out. And, and I tell them you're going to probably end up seeing this baby in the toilet. Like, that's what normally happens. Uh, but they've gotten their money. You've done your thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you're going to have to live with that sight 
for the for the rest of your of your life. Um, so those are the two things that they do. But that so that basically it stops the progesterone uh, and the pillage eggs like a, just a big flood of progesterone. But but sometimes that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like seventy five percent effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit less than that. But anyway, so we we give them you know a way to if they take it quickly that can that can reverse hopefully uh, that outcome. And the other thing is, I mean, the, and this is the benefit because not not a lot of people we've gone for weeks and not a lot of you know not a lot of people uh, uh, leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, you know you go well are we actually accomplishing anything? And then. You know, I I told I tell the people at Church of Go that there are a few positives. One uh, is those babies hear us. You know, whether they can actually hear us or not, mm-hmm. uh, we are there defending them. Maybe they get to eternity, and you know, the Lord can tell them, "Hey, one of my children was there pleading for your life. You never knew them. They didn't know you, but they knew you were an image bearer of me, and they were." So you were not just trash, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was someone who didn't even know you who mm-hmm. was was loving you when your own parents... In my name. Yeah, in my name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other is, you know, if the women do end up having an abortion, you know, we can... Maybe what we've said... Because the chan- once you've had one abortion, the numbers go up greatly. Well, one for suicide. And the other is for that you'll have another abortion. Mm. So... If if what we can say can keep that second abortion from happening and a third and a fourth, if if we just say enough to maybe not stop what they've done on this first one, but let that seed sort of sit mm-hmm. for, you know, maybe it's the first time they've heard anything like this, uh, heard about the gospel, heard about life, seen the difference between life and death. Um, and maybe they don't have one next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe we save <clears throat> two or three babies that we never knew about. Um, because they they end up keeping the child um, uh, or not even considering abortion on the next one. It's a good talk. And so I would encourage, you know, everybody, mm-hmm. um, this is this is something that you can do and your your church can do. I don't, I'm surprised. Like in Tulsa, in the Tulsa area, we should have a different church there every day of the month. I mean, there shouldn't be any problem getting 30 churches that can send... Two people. I mean, that's all it takes. Just one person being there. Two. Normally, I recommend two because sometimes people get hostile. But uh, two people being mm-hmm. there from churches. I mean, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be difficult at all. But it's a ministry that that most churches are not even aware of. They don't yeah, even know where to begin. They don't know. And don't I know. remember hearing other people going and doing this, and you just don't know. Yeah. Where to go? Yeah. Like. Yeah. So. Where do would I even begin to go? Do I just go to? Yeah. Well, one, you can just go to Planned Parenthood. There's probably a Planned Parenthood in your day. If you, there's a Planned Parenthood, and that's the thing that's going to happen. This place will probably shut down because Planned Parenthood has opened up. Mm. And Planned Parenthood has already asked for all the the stuff to be able to do more surgical abortions. And so they'll take it. Right now, Planned Parenthood just does the pill, which is the greatest percentage of what abortions mm-hmm. are taking place now. It's just a pill. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm. so... Anyway, it's dark work, but good work. It's dark, good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's. What's funny is the difference between light and dark. Yeah, in it's that very like apparent. we're on this side trying to save babies that we are know are dying, mm-hmm. uh, 
and yet there's more joy and mm-hmm. uh, conviction and passion than on the other side mm-hmm. where they're getting accomplished what they want accomplished. Like right. they're, you know, it's, we're not stopping everybody. Right. Uh, but they are just sad. They're not happy no, in their work. No, no. It's shocking. It's, yeah. And I tell them that. How do you know my heart? And I said, I don't, but the Bible does. Mm-hmm. So we start reading them, you know, Romans 1, and, mm-hmm. and we get some really good presuppositional apologetics going on. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, you know, if I can tell them I know something about them, they, get, they, can always, they always tell me that you're how arrogant to think that you know what's going on in my head. And I say, but, but I'm not saying I do. I'm saying the Bible does. Mm-hmm. And if the Bible does know, like if the Bible knows you're miserable, mm-hmm. if the Bible knows that you know this is wrong and that you're suppressing the truth, well, what else is it right about? What mm-hmm. else is it correct about? And then, uh, you know, building onto that and, you know, is it right about Jesus Christ? Yeah. Hi, Peter. Oh, no, he's oh, waking no, up. Oh, no, he's waking Oh, he's scratching his head. <laughs> That's one of our favorite things. When he gets frustrated, he scratches his head, just the top of his head, and just a little scratch. But anyway, one of the things we wanted to do tonight was give you uh, sort of the big announcement. Yeah, big reveal. Teased at. Man, we so teased it last time. (laughs) I'm sure they've all been on pins and needles waiting to hear this. All right, so here's the announcement. Are you ready for it? Big announcement. We are. Changing the name of the podcast. I know, right? Like, shocking. Exciting. But we're not just changing the name. It's not like we're like, we need a new name. In the professional world, they would call this rebranding. Rebrand. We're rebranding. That's not what we're doing. We're not rebranding. We're not. See, it's. Because we don't. Although, podcast is very hard to find. I've. I've tried to search for it for people. They're like, I can't find your podcast. Like, it's it's not, you can't do the podcast. That won't pull it up. If you just do podcast, it will. Search engine problems like, all over the place. We've never referred to it as the Hodge podcast, which is its actual Which is its actual name. name. But if you look that up, there's no way you'll find right. it. Uh, but anyway. So, what we're wanting to do, we're, we're changing the name from the podcast to the Kingdom Outpost podcast. Um, and the idea being... Really around that kingdom outpost picture that every one of our homes uh, is an outpost of the kingdom of God. And that every outpost is going to look different. Mm-hmm. Every outpost is going to have its own activities, its own mm-hmm. jobs. But but really trying to encourage each one of you, like, we're all our own little outpost of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. This is how life is going in our outpost. Yeah, because it's so... It is... It's tempting when you listen to other people to think, oh, I need to do exactly what yeah. they're doing mm-hmm. to be holy, and my husband needs to do this. And, mm-hmm. and that's really not the point. And, yeah, so we don't ever want it to seem like that's what... Yeah, that, that we're trying to make your home look like ours or, yeah. or any home. That our homes will all be totally different. So, that, so really, mm-hmm. we just want to really get our minds mm-hmm. on the idea of life in the kingdom mm-hmm. uh, and what that looks like here. So we're going to, we're going to do things like, uh, well, one change the name. We're going to have a specific name for our outpost. So we will be kingdom outpost 
611. Yes. Uh, 611 because that's our anniversary. Um, the, our goal is eventually to s- encourage one another in this and to make like a collection of outposts. Even mm-hmm. to have, like we're going to try and get a website going. Uh, we have one kind of. Yeah, what's it, What's its website? Kingdomoutpost.com? <laughs> dot com? I, think it, I don't think it's just Kingdom no, Outpost. It's like the Kingdom, Kingdom Outpost. It, oh, is it The Kingdom Outpost? We'll find we out. Better, we better check that. Don't go, we'll don't go looking around. We'll ask our people. Yeah. But eventually having like uh, a collection of like uh, a barracks of sorts mm-hmm. where we've got all these outposts, like people naming their outpost and where they're at so that you can just be encouraged. And even, I mean, I've got ideas of like this map of the U.S. and then the world even where everyone that's tuning in and like just encouraging each other, we're doing kingdom work here. Mm-hmm. There's kingdom work here going on. This is mm-hmm. kingdom outpost. You know, we're 611 or this is kingdom outpost over here. Kingdom outpost nine and three quarters. Cherry tree uh, lane. Yeah. Cherry tree lane outpost, you know, just any, anything like that. Uh, just to get all of us sort of motivated. This is what we want our podcast to do. We just want to motivate you, uh, for life in the kingdom, for mm-hmm. serving the Lord however you can. And your service to the Lord is going to be way different from ours because you're probably not a pastor with a wife and six kids. Mm-hmm. You might be uh, living in bags, living in a small town. I mean, there's so many things about our mm-hmm. life that cannot be replicated in, in other people and in other places. Mm-hmm. And so really getting down to the essentials of what's going on here. Why are we doing the things that we do that, that can be mimicked everywhere else, which is the motivation to just glorify the Lord yeah. in, in everything. And, and hopefully, you know, letting that be the drive, but we're going to try and mix things up, do things like interviews with mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. Like what is life like at your outpost? Mm-hmm. You know, what is everyday life like for you? Um, maybe they have uh, different jobs or, or, you know, their life just is different from ours in some ways. So what's, maybe it's an older couple who's, you know, all kids are all out of the home. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's someone living in an urban setting, you know, different from ours. Uh, all those sorts of things are, are, are ways we want to introduce you to other kingdom, kingdom workers, other kingdom outposts mm-hmm. to kind of encourage you in that. So that's yeah. the idea yeah. behind why we're doing it. Not just because we want to change from the podcast. I right. love, we have a great intro, right? We'd want to keep that yeah. intro. Uh, <laughs> and you don't want to lose your the people who know the podcast or whatever <laughs> that means. Uh, but we really just felt a pull toward this mm-hmm. uh, as a way to better even signify what we're trying to do mm-hmm. to anybody who even clicks on our mm-hmm. on our podcast. They know these are people who are about kingdom work. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just a really ideal time because we've come through a really rocky time in our nation's history. You would um, call that rocky, huh? A wee bit rocky. Well, I like that she's optimistic enough to say we've come through. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, wow. think, I think we might be on the uphill climb. Here we uh, are. Here we are. Here we is in we're... the midst somewhere of this. Right. Wherever Beginning, end, middle, and we don't know. I think what a lot of us are coming out of is like a, a state of perpetual outrage and um, just uh concern and just kind of dizzy dizziness about mm. what the the really rapid progression of events that have just kind of mm-hmm. been shocking and mm-hmm. strange and um everything's so all of a sudden so turbulent yeah and it and doesn't it, feel was, like home yeah it, like it's weird to think of what was considered 
like a crazy time, like Mm -hmm. four years ago. Right. I mean, I would take four years ago, (laughs) pre pre Black Lives Matter, pre... Uh, Corona, Corona, mass, free mass. I mean, all those things. Yeah. I mean, the rioting, the yeah. uh, all, all of that. Uh, and the, give me that, yeah, that world, right? And so we've come through that. And I'd rather not. What woke we up. really don't <laughs> want to do, and what we want to help others to stop doing, is to just read headlines and be outraged and oh my goodness can you believe disney released Mm -hmm. this movie and can you believe this school is doing this um and to to put that stuff aside and think what are we supposed to and again we're not saying don't think those things we're not saying don't be shocked that that's happening we're just saying don't let that consume. Well, right. And like how long are you going to be thinking Disney mm-hmm. is going to put out something yeah. that is if in your If you're waiting on here. Disney like, to do the next Jesus, like for Disney to call the people at The Chosen <laughs> and say we want to pick up seasons yeah. three through nine. Yeah. Uh, so my point is these ships have sailed and it's, it's, it's a good time to like recognize that and stop being so, you know what I'm talking about yeah. that. And, and it's like today's outrage, and you feel all of this, and you're like, how could this be happening? And then there's another article the next day. It's like you keep getting surprised that the people who aren't on your team aren't on your team. Right, right. And so... Don't be shocked <laughs> when they look like their father instead of your father. <laughs> right. Okay? You've just got to... Yeah. That's what I said to someone the other day. We've got to quit being surprised that the people on the other side lie mm-hmm. and cheat and aren't telling the truth about mm-hmm. uh, data and mm-hmm. science and whatever. And th- these studies come out and we go, these leaders, are they were lying to us. Mm-hmm. Well, of course they were. And then, but, but then we've also got to quit being surprised that when we tell their followers, mm-hmm. your leaders were lying and following their father, the devil, mm-hmm. well, their followers aren't, we can't expect them to be like, you know, <gasps> gasping, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, because that's their father too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're not going to, they're not going to be surprised by the lies. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to be like, well, I'm glad that was a pretty good one. Yeah. That actually convinced some people for a while. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so yeah. get out of that mindset and instead focus on where you are. What can like, I do? The kingdom work that you like can do. Great you can't change Disney. But you can Mm -hmm. go and make disciples of the nations. Right. And that's, I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And and, and let's, let's, let's do a little side note here on this. That, that word nation, sometimes we take that to mean the nations out there. That word nation is the same word throughout the book of Matthew for the word Gentiles. Uh, It just means, so go and make disciples of the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Go and and you've probably got the nations. Remember in Israel, when they were talking about the nations, they mean Everyone not a Jew. Mm-hmm. It wasn't there. There weren't any nation states mm-hmm. uh, un, until far later in history. I mean, you're talking Middle Ages before you even get ideas of nation states. That's another story. Uh, but the i the idea is go and make disciples of all these people around you. Uh, go and and take the gospel to the Gentiles to. Uh, the Gentiles across the street from you, the people who don't know the Lord across the street from you, mm-hmm. go and make disciples. Like that's your job. Make disciples uh, of like, of the Gentiles. What does that mean? 
make disciples, teaching them, right? Yeah. Well, I think well, what it means is, yeah, teaching them uh, to follow the Lord. Right. Like you're, you're going to disciple them. You're making disciples of whom? Of the Lord. So mm-hmm. you're going to say, hey, follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Follow Jesus. Uh, and then, and I'll say this. We, we talked about this the other day. One reason we want to do this is the Bible is very confident in this mission. And for some reason, so when we talk about Kingdom Outpost, we're not talking about a defensive Kingdom Outpost here. Right. We're not talking about teaching you guys to set the wall and a moat uh, and, you know, protect your kids from this world that's out there. We're talking about how is your kingdom doing Matthew 28? taking this truth of the resurrection mm-hmm. and because Jesus is Lord going and making disciples of the one true King. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I mean, when you read Matthew 28, I mean, sometimes we just sort of, we sort of take the great commission there off the end of, of the book as if it's its own thing. But I mean, the great commission is one, the end of Matthew, it's the end of Matthew's gospel as a whole right? The very last things that are said, Matthew's gospel is not meant to be the end of a story. It's meant to be the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is who Jesus is. This is what he called you to do. Go. It's the first chapter to what's supposed to be the book of the, the life of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that part of the story. It's also part of Matthew 28, which is all about the resurrection uh, and what Jesus has done. And it's also part of Matthew Matthew that began Jesus' ministry with the Sermon on the Mount in Galilee ends in Matthew 28 with him going on a mountain in Galilee. Same mountain? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but definitely paralleling the two. So you have the Sermon on the Mount ending now with the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and, and there is just such great confidence in Matthew 28. Mm-hmm. It's It's... I mean, you, you've got confidence in in your king, in in your kingdom. Confidence in the in the mission that you've been given. Go and make this. I think we lose that. We talk about go and make disciples, and we're so ready for it not to work. That's the reason we don't go to our neighbor across the street. We've got zero confidence, mm-hmm. and yet, what does it say? Go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey. Oh, well, what's it assuming there? It's assuming that the making disciples works. Mm-hmm. It's not, this is not forced conversion here. Mm-hmm. It's not saying you go and ma- and you just baptize them whether they want to or not. <laughs> it's assuming they want to follow and they say, what should I do? And you say, be baptized mm-hmm. and obey all that Jesus says. Mm-hmm. That's how you follow Jesus. Uh, so, but we've lost that confidence in the mission. Mm-hmm. We assume, we assume everyone around it, no one's going to want to hear it. Mm-hmm. No one's going to. And so we do get that defensive mentality. Mm-hmm. When Jesus comes and he says, look, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. I'm king. So go and tell them to, to, to follow me. But then that's what's interesting. He's not a king that demands everybody to sort of bend the knee, so to speak. He's a king that says, follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's, he says, go and make them disciples of me, not just servants of me, mm-hmm. uh, but make them disciples of me. Teach them uh, to obey all that I've commanded. And then he's got a confident promise at the end. And I'm with you. I'm with you always uh, to the end of the age. Yeah. So, well, I mean, there's great confidence in what we're called to do. And that's what we're wanting to get across in Kingdom Outpost. You guys are part of a kingdom that that has come. Mm-hmm. The kingdom is here in our midst, as Jesus says. 
you can see it in your own life. Uh, the king that is ruling at the right hand of the throne of God is also ruling in your heart. So taking that and confidently going to your neighbor across the street, mm-hmm. uh, who also lives under the rule of that king but is living in rebellion, uh, and saying, hey, let's talk about the king and his kingdom. Let's talk about the salvation that he brings even to rebels. Um, so that sort of, what does that look like yeah. as you're living out the Great Commission? And it's more than just door-to-door evangelism. Right. It's more than just, it's kingdom life in your home, mm-hmm. kingdom obedience to make disciples of the nations, kingdom obedience in how you, you know, to be the husband and the wife that you're supposed to be, to be the type of parents that you're supposed to be. That's life in the kingdom, and we're a little outpost of that. And that's what we're wanting to encourage you to be yeah. as well. Yeah. And just ways to think about your own your own outpost. Mm-hmm. What will that look like for you? What does it look like for you? I mean, if you pictured yourself as some outpost in some desert wilderness, right? And But the Lord has planted you here, of all people. He's planted you in this spot, in this house, in this apartment, in this life, whatever it is. What would someone in that world be doing? Mm-hmm. What would that warrior for the king someone who's there to proclaim the glory of the kingdom, what would that person be doing in an outpost like yours? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then doing that yeah. and talking about how you do it and being encouraged by it. Yeah, when you were talking about the being on the offensive, it made me think of what you've pointed out recently about the the gates of hell. Yeah. I, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so when, when when Peter makes that proclamation that you're Christ the Son of God and uh, and Jesus says, you know, that, that, that God's revealed this to him and he says that, that you know, the gates of hell are, are not, and, and on this rock I'll build my church. And he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, for, for some reason, I mean... I don't know if you know this or not. Gates are not offensive weapons, right? What what that's saying is, I mean, Jesus is assuming there that the disciples are going to go out, the kingdom is going to go out, and the gates of hell won't be able to stop it. The gates of hell won't be able to keep it from breaking through. The kingdom is going to advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got to have that confidence that, that, that hell is trying to stop the progress of the kingdom, and it's... It can't. It's putting up gates. The yeah. the kingdom has come. It's entered like the and it's spreading like leaven through a loaf. It's growing like from a mustard seed to a tree that's mm-hmm. going to hold even the birds of the world and its branches. It's doing that. Mm-hmm. It's it's turning a world that once had a garden in Eden. It's turning the entire world into a garden. Uh, and so it's doing this through the spread of the gospel uh, and. And we've got to have that more offensive mindset mm-hmm. rather than defensive. Rather yeah. than looking at the world and, like you said, clutching our pearls yeah. and going, oh, no, how can I protect my children? You feel like it's closing in on mm-hmm. you, but you're closing in yeah. on it. So let's talk about children. Right. Like, so let's how we often think about our children, defensively mm-hmm. versus offensively. Defensively, if we're thinking about our children defensively, all we're like is how can I protect my children from porn and mm-hmm. LGBTQ stuff and all this. And so we're just and, insulating, insulating, insulating. And on an even more basic level, just keep them alive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so we're, we're insulating, insulating, insulating. And that's what we're all worried. We're just trying to keep the world out. But when we see what the Bible tells us, that children are these arrows, uh-huh. 
And then we recognize that our job isn't to insulate that. Our job is to sharpen them mm-hmm. so that when we release them into the world, purpose. they have a purpose. They drive through the heart of darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where they land, similar to like, even like Jonathan shooting arrows at David, uh, where they land, that's, that's going to be another output. So you are sharpening arrows that you're going to launch into this world, and they're going to land in their own home with their own wives, their own husbands, Boom, outpost mm-hmm. there. And they've been sharpened to be that outpost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that then gives a whole different picture of how you parent right. and what you're trying to do. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to, if you want to sharpen an arrow to pierce the heart of an LGBTQ lie, well, then you've got to show them the LGBTQ lie, mm-hmm. sharpen them and let them know how do you pierce through that darkness? Yeah. Which this, this goes back to what you were talking about with the abortion mill ministry Mm -hmm. um i was thinking about it like our our kids occasionally go with you Mm -hmm. and these are children who have never heard certain words we have been really careful about the movies they've watched and we filter you know even some movies on vidangel and they're hearing for the first time the most vile words the most vile gestures yeah but they're hearing them in context mm-hmm. and that's sharpening. Like yes. when you think about just, I've just got to keep my kids from ever hearing a bad word on a Disney movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Th- this is very clearly spewed darkness right. out of these people's mouths. So they'll associate these words for the first time, not thrown in nonchalantly. Or like the, this is a word the cool kids use yeah. on, yeah. on this on the, Netflix in the, in the playground. Show. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was just thinking, like, it's, it's a painful thing as a mother to see your children. Yeah. One of our kids the other day walked up and said, hey, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And just threw up the middle finger just right at us. And it's kind of shocking. Jarring. Yeah. But the reason is because at the abortion mill, mm-hmm. that's what people kept doing. Yeah. And, and I, so, yeah, it's like, oh, that, that makes you sad. But when you think, no. This is a this is the best way for them to learn mm-hmm. these things. They're yeah. seeing that vile people, that bad people do this. Use this, not okay. just cool kids, not normal. Yeah. It's like this is bad people that do this, mm-hmm. and so in their mind, there's a stark difference. Yeah, and so that's just one example of cushioning mm-hmm. versus sharpening, mm-hmm. and, and it's just something I've really recently um, been noticing. But yeah, and I think it, it's it you notice it more because. It's becomes clear as your children age, right. right? So you just notice it more. I mean, it's hard to notice with with Peter right now. <laughs> right. Like I've got to sharpen him, right? So he'll be, you know, be able to wash his right. wife now with just, with his the water we of the would word. Like for Peter to just wake up from his fever stupor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you want him no. to wake up from it? No, actually, I'm uh, enjoying it. But as they grow, you recognize. Okay, this. <clears throat> we're going somewhere. This is very clear. This is, you're mm-hmm. becoming a man. You're becoming a woman. Right. Let's sharpen mm-hmm. these things. Yeah, and the um, temptation is just to say, no, you stay home with me. Mm-hmm. Don't go out there. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. yeah, that's not what they're for. They're right. they're meant to be shot into the world, mm-hmm. uh, not not planted in in just in your in your garden to keep right. like a little keepsake. So anyway, uh, 
that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And we're going to we, try and do some cool little changes. We were talking about the... We, we Now, I'll tell you this. We've almost procrastinated by perfection on this. Oh, my goodness. Because we wanted to have the website done. We wanted to have a <laughs> blog ready. And I'm just like, let's just do it. We just don't get around to things very quickly. Yeah. We, if we don't have... Because we're being a kingdom outpost. Yeah. If we don't right? have time... That's what I was telling someone the other day. You want to stay out of sin? Get to work. Oh my Be working. <laughs> Bored people become not busy, but busy bodies. Mm. So if you get busy in the kingdom, you won't be a busy body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mm-hmm. also won't have time to work on a website. Yes. Uh, or to, you know. <laughs> or to record a podcast. Yeah, apparently. But when, one thing we've kind of had in our mind about all this is just the the city on a hill, the light and the darkness. Mm-hmm. That um, when you picture... Um, I think a lot of people, especially right now, have felt more isolated than before in their faith. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I know some still oh, so true. aren't so even back in in yeah. in person church, and so it's been a lonely time for a lot of people. And and even where where churches are gathering, the the shaking, the great shaking of twenty 2020 twenty and now twenty twenty one, has just made things feel off. And so it can feel lonely and you can feel like you're the only one. But the picture that I keep having in my mind of this kingdom outpost is, you you know, you picture this dark world and then one at a time, these lights coming on. Mm. And if you took an aerial view Mm -hmm. and looked down. That's what I want with that map. Yeah. Yeah. You would see there's a great light that covers the whole globe. And and these are your brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love, I love that picture. So that's what we're wanting. We're wanting to be a little oasis of confidence for you guys mm-hmm. uh, and encouragement uh, and really busyness, mm-hmm. busyness, 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 like the all the ways that you can be about work in the kingdom that'll be different from ours, it'll be the same as ours, but all the the same goal, the same desire, and the same mission. Yeah. And if I could just like get on top of my laundry here, I've got some really fun ideas. You were too tired to even take the <laughs> clothes out of the washer and dryer. You made me do that. You said, I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. You're going to do it. And I did. Yeah, so like we might do some book giveaways and some contests just to keep it fun and and, and cheerful. Yeah. So. That would be fun. I'm excited. I didn't know about that. So our format will not be that different. Yeah, we'll we, be totally That's kind different. of what we do. We just talk about what we're learning. And yeah, it's, so it's not going to be like a hundred percent different podcast. It's mm-hmm. going to seem very much the same. Uh, but we're just wanting to be more clear in just our title and in, mm-hmm. you know, even some of our, our content yeah. about just being busy in the kingdom. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I hope that encouraged you tonight. I hope, uh, just you know, start your wheels just turning. Let let you be thinking, and and we can have you can of course have things you can ask us for you know your area of the kingdom in terms of what you're doing, parenting, uh, you know, marriage, whatever questions. Just like with Ask the Podcast, uh, you can still come up with stuff like that, and and we'll answer any of those in the future. Do you have a surprise jello salad? I have a surprise jello salad. Well, can I say one more thing? Yeah, like. W- how are they will will it change on their will the name change from now on like will they will it change in their subscriptions or how's that going to work not for this one it will for no, the next one no i mean one. for the next one yeah so will they have to refind us 
Yeah, the or... kingdom, the kingdom outpost. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the plan. Okay. We'll get Stay, back to you. Here's the thing: if you get another, if you get another episode of the podcast, <laughs> know that Apple is just taking their time approving our podcast name uh, and approving our name change. So wouldn't it be funny if they didn't approve it? We'll probably we'll probably yeah, <laughs> we'll like, probably wait to record another one until they approve it. But just in case, if we have something we really want to talk about, yeah. do not unsubscribe from the podcast yeah. yet. Uh, but that's just where we're going uh, in the future, and we'll we'll let you guys know. Yeah, yeah, for we, sure. About we've that. got all our stuff together. Hundred percent. We are on top of it. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Well, uh, surprise jello salad or no? Sure. Okay, my surprise jello salad is this. What has been your favorite smoothie flavor? Oh, goodness. Well, definitely the strawberry banana. You like strawberry banana? It's so classic. It is. It's, we have one every Did night. Did you know it hit me like we've only had the Vitamix. I mean, you got me that after he was born. Mm-hmm. We haven't even had it a year. How many smoothies? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have at least two a day, at least, and normally three. <laughs> and are we tired of them at all? No, not at all. No, I, I would. I get. So I have one for breakfast, and normally one for lunch, uh-huh. and then we eat a reasonable dinner, which sounds like a Weight Watchers commercial. <laughs> I have one for breakfast, one for lunch, and then a reasonable so dinner. Chubby. Um, <laughs> because you have breakfast and one for breakfast. <laughs> Lunch it's my, and one for lunch. It's my beverage. Yeah, yeah. To go with my meal. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. No, I do think it's it's keeping me healthier. You're certainly getting more vitamins. Yeah. I mean, you're getting a whole bunch of fruit. Yeah, and my... My favorite is... My pants are getting loose on the 10th day of wearing them. <laughs> you don't wash them. <laughs> if you don't wash them, they get really loose. Uh, my, my favorite is uh, strawberry... Uh, banana mango. Uh huh. Oh, I, that's what we had for breakfast, yeah. right? Uh, no, I guess mine's probably the tropical smoothie. What's that? Strawberry, mango, pineapple, and orange. A whole orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Navel. Well, those are great too. Yeah. I don't like waiting for the orange to be peeled. Which is funny because I peel the orange. <laughs> Which one do you think is the more like? Oh my goodness, this is the worst. Waiting on the orange to be peeled or having. Here's to peel my biggest it. problem. I would love to have a breakfast smoothie, but I cannot do a smoothie and coffee. So it's a real problem. Hmm. So then I just have a pastry. See, I can't do coffee. I coffee. can't do coffee with any food. Like breakfast. I food? can't do hot. Yeah. I can't do hot beverages oh, with food. So it's good. so unsatisfying. Mm, it makes you thirsty. Yeah. In a good way. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, yeah, that is the sole reason I don't have a breakfast smoothie. I would have a breakfast smoothie every day, but you have to pick a lane. And my lane is coffee in the mm. morning. So, yeah. I prepare that lane. I prepare the smoothie lane. <laughs> I'm then, lane maintenance guy. Then for lunch, I do love our lunch smoothie. It is milk. <laughs> Chocolate protein powder. Normally people don't don't mention the milk part. But Chocolate yeah. protein powder. Peanut butter. A goodly it's, amount. It's a peanut peanut butter. Banana. Banana. Spinach. Cho- chocolate peanut butter banana. Chia seeds. Mm-hmm. Agave nectar. Mm-hmm. And a lot of ice. A lot of ice too. I have had that for lunch almost every day for months. Mm-hmm. 
She calls it her lunchtime smoothie. My lunchtime smoothie. And man, Chris made the mistake of making that for my breakfast. Remember? Mm-hmm. Not like I got mad at him, but I was... Real, Wasn't happy. I was real heartbroken. Because mm-hmm. that's my lunchtime smoothie. Mm-hmm. And it does not taste good at breakfast. Man, you're a real weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> this smoothie is only for at noon or later. <laughs> and it is 10 o'clock when I eat breakfast. And that's not, it's not just not right. It's not being right for two more hours. <laughs> and I did just say I don't have them for breakfast, but I do every Sunday. I take a smoothie to church mm-hmm. for my breakfast. So And I made one the other day. made a peanut butter banana and oh my word. Ruined her worship. It just, yeah. The whole time, the whole time I was preaching, she was just staring right through me. I don't even know what you preached Boring about. in a hole. <laughs> So we like the Vitamix. Yeah. That's obviously clear. We never, you know, we were super excited when we first got it because we were going to make juice. And... I wasn't excited. I didn't expect to like it. I didn't expect to love it. Yeah. I just thought, okay, I'm. You're you had a baby. Nice. I'll should, buy you an expensive blender. I should blender. reward her. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I it, thought I, we were going to make all of our meals in it. <laughs> you know how you are when you get. Yeah. When you new. put that when you put that ground beef in there that one time, I was like, I don't know, Lester. <laughs> But we made like two juices. You right? know how people always oversell things in order to yes. convince someone to buy them. And we can mom, do everything in it. Then my mom buys them. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, they're. if the salesman oversells them, your mom would definitely. She's buy like, them. I want to buy two. <laughs> yeah, but we just kind we of. Just made I made that. Um, what's that kind of? Uh, you put over asparagus the sauce. Oh, uh, hollandaise sauce. Yeah, I made a hollandaise sauce that wasn't done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was... Oh, that was... Scary. It was disconcerting. We ate it. (laughs) But I was scared. (laughs) It was tasty. But anyway. So yeah, we just stick to the smoothies. All right. Who knows? Maybe that was the last Jell-O salad you're ever going to hear. That's kind of sad. Because as we all know, there is no Jell-O salad in the kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We've enjoyed having all of you on here. Hopefully we'll catch you again next time uh, with us at our little outpost of the kingdom. Uh, But right now, we'll talk to you guys later. Good night. Night.